All right. Let's just uh, get into it. We yeah, can, whatever, it. Wherever we go, there'll be dub trails and rabbit trails, by the way. We will not stay on topic, I'm yeah. sure. Here we go. Sounds good. Hello and welcome into the Section 109 podcast from Studio Breezy. I'm here with Jay, Sir Mix-a-Lot, the goat Baba Juan, and this guy, Mr. Tom Halsell, a.k.a. Tommy Salsa. What's up, Tommy? How are you? Doing well, thank you. How are you? We're doing wonderful. I was getting ready to say you were... Hu- and you were hovering it over needed that an appla- It needed some applause for, for Tommy. So I would like to start straight away with when you first got the nickname. Because uh, I have where I think it came from, uh, but Tommy Salsa, which I feel like most CFC fans know you as. Uh, when did it first come into yours, and was it pre-CFC, or was it uh, was it just here? I think there's one precursor to this that we have to say. Okay. For you newer CFC fans who are catching on to the podcast, Tom is not only the women's head coach or manager, depending on where you're from and what you like to say, <laughs> but he is also an absolute CFC legend, and I don't use that term lightly. Hell so yeah. Played, played, very played goalkeeper for from 2014 to <clears throat> 2017. 18. 2018. Yeah. Had so, a gap year in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Return in 2018, yeah. Yep. So that that has to be if, if they don't know that that is a very large and we're definitely going to get into that yes. in the in the soccer journey as well as coaching because yep. uh, Tom is a well-rounded man with a, a long career already. At uh, how old are you? Uh, Thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a well-rounded career at thirty. But tell me about the nickname of Tommy Salsa. Then I'll tell you it from my perspective. <laughs> so I came for the um, the tryouts in 2014. Bill Elliott um, invited me the year before when he played against us when I was at Lee. He was the coach of West Florida and he saw me play there. Did and, he approach uh, you at the game? After the game, yeah. That's beautiful. So he was like, hey, we need a goalkeeper for next year. Um, want you to come and join. So I was like instantly like, yeah, sounds good. Um, just to be able to keep fit and do something over the summer and not go home and, and keep in tune with everything. Um, and so I came to the tryouts in the spring, played in the game, and I'd heard that players get like little chants and stuff from the chat hooligans. I'd heard all about him. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I'll ever get to that level uh, from the fans. And then out of nowhere, Tommy Salsa came up. And I thought it was down to people not knowing how to pronounce my last name, <laughs> which is Holsall. Um, but being in America for so long now, I've had all sorts of people try and pronounce it and pronounce it wrong. I've had Hatzel, Hissel, Hossel, Wholesale, another <laughs> few words which I can't say. You are headed um, to Sam's after this. So, yeah, you're going yeah. yeah, to get it weird out there, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so it was just from that, really. Um, and that, I think that's really where it came about. I saw it on Twitter after. Um, and I was like, yeah, I, I like that. And it's stuck. And my friends in England call me it as well. Yes. No. So it's traveling. Hell yes. It's not just go. local. It has gone international. It's international. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah. go. So it's an honor. It, it really is an honor. Let's Man. go. So, yeah. So that is, uh, my recollection is very similar to that, by the way. I was curious how it was from your point of yeah. view. It's I'm sure there was a touch of somebody, of people not knowing how to say your last name. But also, if for the syllables that you need for the goalkeeper chant, like salsa works easier than halsel. Halsel also works. Yeah. But it's a little bit more of a, like with the L is a little harder the h is a little harder yeah so the salsa just flew and then of course nicknames are good so like yep. as soon as we could give a nickname and you weren't upset about it that oh, was never going to be anything else and and what, loved it. 
Yeah. What the nickname also like really brought too was like obviously like we're we're the team or the the fans are gonna chant. So my favorite part of your nickname, it, Tommy Salsa, is is awesome. But the chant was Tommy Salsa, and then at the end everybody would go, "He's, He's so, so spicy." spicy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it honestly. Which, by the way, yeah. that is the beginning uh, to get a little nerdy here. Like the Chattahooligans, the the there was other there have been other tags now on the end of goalkeeper chants, but that is the first. First one that I remember. There may have been other tags, but that was the first one that was widely tagged on the end. Yeah. So you had the he's so spicy on the end. There wasn't always a tag, but from then on, because that one went so well, we've always tagged. Yeah, because then it was Phil after he's so Italian. Yes, it became yeah, he's yeah. so Italian. And then it was much people doing the worst Italian impressions. <laughs> hey, spaghetti in the section. It was yeah. it was really good. Uh, awesome. Jean Antoine gets a, a slightly different one now. Uh, even though everyone calls him Jean, we have kept his original, what I assume is original French pronunciation. We, they do. Get off his lawn. Get off because nice. it rhymes with Sean Antoine. Yep. Yeah. It's it's. It, but the tags partially starts with you again. It may there may have been somebody, but you were it was yours that made it popular. See the, and everybody the, after the legendary it. status. Yeah. Grows. yeah. The the spicy. That's very cool. The spicy. And speaking of which, I'm going to go straight to a listener question because I think this is a good spot for it. Uh, Jeff Clymer would like to know what is your favorite salsa and how spicy do you like it? Oh, shit. Mild and basic. My Honestly, man. I, I'm very pathetic when it comes to food i'm very bland and and none of the extra stuff no very plain mild um that's a very ang- yeah that's an anglo answer 100 percent. it yeah. is yeah <laughs> yeah whereas my wife she'll go all the way to the mild and hot so really? uh, mild all the way through to hot yeah nice so, nice i love it yeah. wow jeff great question yeah, yeah, yeah it was a great, great question. question very appropriate <laughs> it was the very yeah. first we asked for listener questions it was the very first one that came nice. in. i felt oh, it yeah. was felt it was good so yep. tommy for those that <clears> don't know you and and jay and i know you a little bit where did you grow up where are <clears> you from um do you have siblings and family? Kind of take us through uh, little Tommy's life. Yeah, I grew up in a little town called Southport, northwest of England, just north of Liverpool, um, about an hour west of Manchester. So in the best part of the country, in my opinion. Mum and my dad, um, got my sister who's who's older than me. She's a teacher. My mum and dad now own a bed and breakfast in the um, Lake District. So they've been doing that for close to 10 years now um and they try to come over as often as they can do they live so, at the bed and breakfast and yes, operate they do. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. was so, this their second career or is this yeah no it was after my mom was a teacher my dad was like a truck driver before that and then they took the the, the leap and went and did that and started that uh, back in 2016 so it's been a good success and it gives Beautiful. them a lot more freedom to come and visit whenever they want to awesome and stuff like that so that's great um if somebody wanted to uh, book that bed and breakfast is it like publicly available to yeah be lock home lock home bed breakfast yeah so beautiful just on on google yeah dude i'm i'm literally planning a trip with uh my wife and my parents uh so my my grandparents were geordies Mm -hmm. so but we're gonna fly into london Uh, i have some really good friends in slough they're gonna drive nice we're gonna drive to and through merseyside and then up uh, on into Newcastle. Yeah, brilliant. We're gonna You'll need go- to. We need to find places to stay. You'll literally go through the town that mom and dad dude, in. It's mom and dad live in. Yeah. No, we have. We have to stay there. Yeah, please it, do. Dude. Is that it? That's it. Yeah. Well, we're gonna put this in the show notes. There and, you uh, go. A little, maybe a little uh, jump in on the video All right, there. Keep talking. Yep. I'm gonna. Te- I'm texting my mom. Um, <laughs> so yeah, grew, I love being in Southport growing up, but I didn't play. I didn't start football until I was really late. I hated it. Really? Hated How soccer. old were you? Uh, I started playing when I was nine. Uh, okay. I was a centre forward, not very good, and then worked my way back. Um, was a right winger. I love David Beckham. The 2002 World Cup when England did relatively well until the Brazil thing. Um, that's when my 
like love for the game started. So I wanted to be the next David Beckham. I wasn't anywhere close <laughs> to that. Um, I joined a team. We were terrible. Um, really not a good Sunday league team. Like when I'd say we were getting beat like really bad, it was really bad. Like 21, 30 nil every game. Like that. that's how bad. Um, this, it, was in t- this was before you were a goalkeeper. Yeah, that was, was the problem. Here was the problem. <laughs> so um, you know, just it, it just all sort of sort of happened naturally. Really, I mean, the goalkeeper. We were doing really well in this particular game. We were seventeen nil down at half time, so we were still <laughs> within a chance. Um, <laughs> and our goalkeeper quit at half time. Literally threw his gloves off. Oh, sorry, threw his gloves off and was like, "I'm I'm done with this." And so we didn't have a goalkeeper. So because I was the tallest. I my my manager who was like five foot four at the time said right Tom you're going in goal. My How dad, old were you? Uh, I was about nine or ten. Okay. No, I wasn't. No, I was ten or eleven. Yeah. Um, this is a couple years into you actually playing regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they threw me in goal. My dad wasn't happy about it. My dad was livid on the sidelines, and my manager just went went up to him and was like, "Listen, I'm the manager. I'm deciding. He's going in goal. If you don't like it, you can leave." So. Dad was like, all right, sounds good. So he stayed, I went in goal, and it just, that that was it. That was the start of it. I remember making a, a top corner save in the second half, uh, diving at people's feet and just loved getting smashed. Absolutely loved it. Had no fear. Um, we lost that game 21-0, so it wasn't bad. Much better second half. Yeah. And then we played the same team a week later with me in goal the whole time. We lost 2-0. And so... That's kind of how it all all started. I never wanted to be a quote-unquote footballer. I never thought that was possible. I didn't have a passion for it at that point. But I just enjoyed being in there and diving around and stopping the ball. And then um, within six months of that, I got scouted for Liverpool. And so Liverpool came in. I went in for a trial. Um, and my first ever goalkeeper coach is now the head uh, goalkeeping coach for the FA in England, Tim Dittmer. So cool. um, that was really cool to, to work with him at that young age. But I wasn't ready. So I was there for a year. Didn't sign anything, um, which was gutted. I was gutted at the time. Were you a, did you grow up a Liverpool fan? Yeah, big Liverpool fan. So to go there to the academy, I mean, it's, it's world-renowned, that academy, you know. Um, sure. So to, to go there and to train there, to get, an, get a taste of what it's like at an academy, it was really cool. Um, but I wasn't good enough at that point. So came back, went back to my old team. And then it was about three months after that, I got scouted for Blackburn Rovers. Um, again, same thing, went there for a few months, but wasn't good enough. And then went back again to my Sunday league team. So it was a kind of like just a constant like trials. Oh, we'll have a look at you. Yeah, but you're not good enough. So after the Blackburn one, I was really like, oh, like this sucks. Like I'm starting to get a bit like gutted now because clearly I think I have something people are noticing. But yeah. what am I? What am I missing? What's going on? So then about two weeks after that, Manchester City came in um, and they offered me a six week trial, uh, went down there and signed within within three weeks. And, and how uh, old were you at the time? I was 12 at that point. Okay. So within like a two, two and a half year span of going on the trial for Liverpool a year, for a year and then a little bit in between within two years, I was signed at a Premier League club. Bonkers. Yeah. So absolutely yeah, cool. bonkers. And so then you cool. play, how long were you in Manchester City system? Uh, from 12 to 18. And then how so, did you, how did you end up here? So um, here being Chattanooga, we'll get to CFC, I'm sure. And but yeah. before you get to that, sure. there is evidence online of Tom playing or not uh, with, being a part of uh, 
uh, shenanigans. City. So yeah, there's that. There's <laughs> the a, skill school, right? The skill school yeah. with Falcao, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 dude, you're hilarious in that shit. It yeah. is awesome. Also, Tommy yeah. looks exactly the same, but way <laughs> smaller. Like you're like you're I'm just like massive at the front of the queue. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like yeah. you look like and you look like a 15 year old that's like because you're so tall and gangly and yeah. just like it's yeah. it's such a fun because I've only known yeah. you as an adult, right? You were yeah. probably in your early 20s, I'm sure when we met. So. Yeah. Seeing you in that video is phenomenal. We'll link yeah. down the show notes for sure. Yeah, it's but a yeah, crazy how, video. How, what's uh, yeah, what does the process look like for you? You know, going through all of that, you were obviously uh, at City from twelve to eighteen, mm-hmm. and, then, and then what happened, and how did that lead to you coming to the states? Yeah, so um, I I did did relatively well in the academy days, and um, I got a full a full scholarship at sixteen. So when I left school, I moved to Manchester permanently. Mm. Um, signed a two year scholarship, which was incredible. Loved it, so it was my full-time job at that point. Um, and fun fact, actually, back in 2008, Greg Hartley played in the FA Youth Cup yes. final against Chelsea. I was in the crowd that night. We all had to go. So there's ah. just that, like, honestly, when we put all this together and knit everything together, the fact that me and Greg, both from Manchester City, both ended up at Chattanooga, both goalkeepers, like, it's just bonkers. It's so yeah. cool. It's mad. I um, was going to ask if you had met. I just hadn't, hadn't. That's so I'd cool. never met Greg, but I knew of him because he was like Cup. renowned in the academy when, when they won that the FA Cup against Chelsea. Um, and he's a couple years older than you, right? Yeah, he's three or four years older than me. So then he moved to America first. Um, but I would got into the... I was lucky. I got into the reserves and first team um, kind of realm when I was 17. Um Got asked to go up and, and to train with the reserves, train with the first team, um, all those goalkeepers in the 2011-2012 Premier League winning season. So I had that, I, I got that experience. But then in the January, they were telling me that they weren't going to renew my contract in July of 2012. So um, it was kind of like, wow, this is devastating. I've worked so hard for all of this, and now it's just completely ended like that. Like now, what? What's next? Did, did you want to stay? In, obviously, you ended up choosing spoiler alert to come to the U.S. and go to college. But yeah. what was the what was the thought process at the time? Did not. I, I, I wanted to stay in England. I went on loan to Derby, Derby County, yeah. which was great. Thought I was going to get signed there, but the reason why I went there on loan originally was because the goalkeeper that they signed had a shoulder injury on day one of their arrival, so they needed cover. So I went in, loved it, thought I'd maybe have a chance, but wasn't meant to be. So um, the Man City said, "Hey, there's an option for you to go to America." Um, we know um, a former player who has an agency over there and he'll be able to help you. So he called us, told us about it on the Friday and then on the Sunday I flew out. <laughs> Literally, it was such a quick turnaround. Wow. Um, so I flew out, went for a visit, visited numerous colleges um, and then found Lee. And I just, as soon as I went to Lee, I knew that that was the place that I wanted to be. So I chose to commit there and took a risk really because it was a complete change of sort of lifestyle and career and culture and my agent at the time said to me he goes if you go to america your career is going to be done like and i said well i'm going to get an education i'm going to get a lifestyle i'm going to you know branch out a little bit and he was like why do you need education and i was like "Mm, this is why it's not going to work that's (laughs) bad that's such bad Bad advice advice. terrible advice there's so many footballers wash out at 22 or 23 with no life skills nothing yep and so you know i I came to america played at lee got my undergrad degree uh then played at chattanooga played at Asheville. i've coached i've got two master's degrees and now i'm head coaching at Bryan and uh, and uh, back at Chattanooga. It's a it's a mad story, but one I'm really grateful for. All the hard times and all the good and um, just being able to test myself in a new country. And I found my wife here as well. So happily settled. Um, and just, yeah. just working on the accent. 
Yeah, I've got to. Yeah, <laughs> my American accent isn't that great. <laughs> that's that's better than some. That's uh, better than some. Yeah. Oh man, I try. Hey, so, I, I have yeah. a question. Uh, yeah. Bad advice. You got some bad advice. It sounds like. What was the conversation between you and your parents like when you were trying to make that decision to make the better decision to come over and get education? So my parents were actually more for it than I was. Really? So it was more them being like, "Hey, we think this would be really good for you. Obviously, it's your life. It's your choice. But look, at, let's look at the pros and cons. The pros are you go." new culture, new life, you, you grow up, you get an education for a lot cheaper than what yeah. you would in England, yeah. you still get to play, um, whereas if you stay here, you know, you can keep on trialing, but nothing is guaranteed, the only guarantee right now is you have this America offer, so think about it, and so I did, and after a bit of, bit of convincing within myself, it was like, you know what, clearly nothing else is happening in England right now, there's no other tryouts coming, and you know, I'd been paid at this point for two years, so it was my job, so it was like, well, if I stay... Yeah, like what when's the next paycheck coming? I don't, I don't know how am I gonna like survive and do that. So, um, America was just by far the best option. Not a safe option. It was a risk because it was like, am I willing to risk the career and all that for it? And um, I have no regrets Dude, that's, whatsoever. That's so cool all. to me because I always think of like you, Gregor, Luke, you know, some other guys who came uh, yeah. from from living in England and then coming over here and being like, oh, I guess I'll play for this. NPSL team in the summer and holy shit does this uh is this culture amazing you know so i i know we, we can dive into that in a little bit you don't have to get to it but that's a really cool like a and b situation like do i stay here or do i move here you yep. take the risk you come to college but then you find this like community that is yep. cfc which is just yep. like you know obviously had, is like the perfect setup for something like that so. absolutely and cfc came in my sophomore year as well so yeah. it was like right in the middle of my whole playing career and it was like so you went. So you you came over and you decided to go to Lee. Went to Lee, yeah. And then, and then you yep. told us you told us a little sneak preview earlier that mm. Bill Bill caught you after a game. Yeah, after we played about West here. Florida in my sophomore year, and he came up to me and he was like, "Hey, what are you doing in the summer?" I was like, "Not much. Probably going home at this point." And uh, he was like, "Well, I'm the coach at Chattanooga. Would love for you to come and play for us." And I was like, "That sounds great to me," because I'd heard a little bit. About Chattanooga through the hey, grapevine. You, you weren't far away. No, yeah, I wasn't yeah. far away. And That's C.S. C.S. Renicky was still on the team, and he was nice. our captain at least. So he was kind of the the bridge, kind of telling me a lot about it. And it was like, yo, this sounds incredible. Dude, like, well, I want to do it. What's cool about Lee uh, for me is so when I when I was working for the club back in the day. It was like the end of a season, and we were going through, like, uh, I was just helping Reed, like, clean out, like, the locker room and stuff. And I found this magnet, um, and it's your, it was from yep. Lee. And uh, I talk about it all the time on the podcast. And so here is the moment. There it is. Because I have is. the magnet. Wow. It's been sitting on my desk and then on my That's fridge my for a long time. So here you are, my friend. Thank you very yeah, much. Dude. I've said that multiple times, like, yo, I got to get that to him or whatever. So this mo cool. this morning, no shit, I left my house, got all the way to downtown, realized I forgot it. You're kidding. I got all the you way to, to work. I turned around. I was like, there's... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, there's... That was appropriate. <laughs> it was. It was very appropriate. Yeah. And yeah, my wife thinks so, too. So she was like, you dumb. How did this end up in your hands again? I'm so, so okay, confused. So I guess maybe... <laughs> Um, when, when was your last year at Lee? Fall 2015. So I graduated yeah. in, the, in May 2016. This is 2016. Yeah. This is 2016. Uh, yellow jerseys. Uh, yeah. in, into the season. We all remember how it ends. We don't have to talk about it. Yep. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, the week after we have an OGA tournament at Finley. And then I was helping Reed just kind of like clean out the locker room because, you know, it wasn't mm -hmm. like the permanent home for the club. Yeah. Uh, or, or it, 
I guess it was, but like, you know, they were sharing it with UTC. So they had yeah. to kind of, you know, we had to clean it up. And I, I, I found it on the floor. It was sitting on the floor. In the Finley locker room. In the Finley locker room. What? Yeah. Like maybe you had graduated and been done maybe and took maybe it with brought me it with Was you. it in your bag maybe? Pro- probably. Yeah. I yeah. found it on the floor wow. and I looked at him and I was like, huh, that's funny. Completely forgot about it. And then Rachel and I moved from downtown out to Red Bank when we built our house. And I was just going through boxes and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I, st- I have this. Wow. Well, and it was like, dude, I'm kind of glad I have this. Well, <laughs> I am really grateful, boy. honestly, because yeah. I have I have other magnets on my fridge at home, so this is going to Let's go, um, dude. fit right in perfectly. Yeah. So, Let's go. Thank I, you. Yeah, dude. I was uh, I was wondering, Breezy and I had a whole life fabricated to tell you, because I mentioned it to you like in the past, I've, I or on the podcast, and you mentioned that you would listen to the podcast. Yep. And... um. I was like, I don't want him to ask about it like before the podcast because I want it to be on the podcast. I told him so we had this whole fabricated lie. I was going to tell you like, oh, dude, I, I forgot it. I don't well, know. Turns uh, out he really did forget it this morning. He <laughs> he literally, yeah, it. literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, brilliant. Doubt. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank so. you very much for taking such good care of it. Yeah, dude. Doesn't look great. I love it. So love it. Let's, this is, thank I think, you. a perfect time yeah. to transition to coaching. Um, you finished up as a player uh, at a mm-hmm. certain point. How did you, did you always want to coach and how did you make uh, the transition? Take us through that. Um, I think I did want to coach, um, and it just so happens that everything sort of just fell into place with, with the opportunities to be a graduate assistant in the soccer realm. It's quite, there's a lot of opportunities for it. So, um, my first GA spot was at Shorter University yep. with Paul Fury, who was my coach at Lee. So he took the job there. Um, did you have, to come did you have Darwin Lam at the time? Uh, no, he was After. before me. He was before, before you? Before okay. me, yeah. Yeah, when we took over, Shorter was struggling a okay. little bit. So. Hey, by the way, fan of the pod, Darwin Long. Hell yeah. That's my boy. Shout out, Darwin. I talk to him all the time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, went there, did that, was good, got my master's, and then... um got into club right after went down to florida in jacksonville director of goalkeeping director of goalkeeping so i was in charge of crikey i don't even know how many got 150 goalkeepers like over the over the whole of kind of florida with all the bases that we had uh, with florida elite so it was a big big job really good opportunity really good experience uh, to be in the club realm i bet that was a lot though yeah it was it was it was intense like that's where i learned what what like true intensity in coaching is because mm. uh, the boss of the, the club was just on you all the time like standards have to be like all the way yeah. Any anything you take with you on a daily basis that you from that I'm sure you take a lot of things but anything in particular maybe something that you could share with the listeners that it's like good advice or good Deep something in terms of coaching the prep- or, or life however but something because that was a big experience both coaching and life for you yeah. so is there like a thing that you uh, would share with the audience like yeah, the prepar- your, your preparation is the, the most important thing. Like, you've got to be three or four steps ahead of, of your players. You've got to be three or four steps ahead in terms of situations. Your training sessions, like, you have to be prepared and always be thinking, always be looking ahead to make sure that you're you're on top of the game type thing. Do you have any habits that you do? I'm just diving in on this because it's interesting. Do you have any habits that you do and that you continue to do to make sure you stay three and four steps ahead? It's constant growth. So it's doing your own research in terms of how can I make my session better? How can I communicate better? How can I engage with the team better? Um, how do I get my message across in a way that is extremely simple to understand? They may not like it, but you've got to get, get it in a way for them to understand. And yeah. if they understand, it helps them get on board and helps them to buy into the bigger picture. But the preparation and making sure that you are like on top of everything, you've got to expect things to go wrong and have a backup plan right in place. So people think you just go out there, do a session and leave. Like it's 24-7, like the, the, the job thinking about your recruiting, thinking about your style of play, thinking about the next opponent, watching film. 
the list goes on and on and on. So, and I've learned all of that through through the experiences that I've got. Like at the beginning, I thought, oh, just show up and throw a session. Like, no, throw cones no. on the ground and we no, figure no, it out. No, 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 yeah. no. You will get eaten alive, and you'll get found out very quickly if that's yeah. your mindset. So, beautiful. That's great advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, continuing from there, you you had the experience. How long were you in Florida? A year. And be sorry, before that, I was at Erskine College. Was my first coaching experience as a full time assistant. Erskine in Due West, South Carolina. Okay. I loved it. Like Warren Turner, the coach there was phenomenal. Like I, I he gave me so much opportunity and uh, gave me a lot of confidence. Um, so big shout out to Warren there. Um, so yeah, I did Florida and then um, and then I was going to be going home to England permanently because uh, it was during the COVID time when all the visa stuff shut down. Florida yeah. Elite were trying to get my my work visa done. Um, it didn't happen, so it was just a, a horrible time sure um so i'd i'd plan to go home permanently um on like it was like july 19th i was planning on going i was gutted about it i didn't want to leave um because i built my life here um i'd had a rough year kind of before before that so it was there was a lot of things that went on that i was just like wow this couldn't make this year any worse yeah right now um and then literally on like the 14th of july so like five days before i'm gonna be going back to the uk brian college call me and i'm staying in soddy daisy at this point so you know how that's 25 minutes literally yes. i'd met the associate athletic director three years before once in an off chance like where people know like just it was a what's the phrase like if you know someone and we're in the same room type just thing. an so, introduction like hey yeah. do you know tommy yeah, yeah yeah so it was one of those and he called me and he goes um hey what are you still in florida and i was like no like i'm leaving for england on friday and this is the monday and he's like, oh, can you come up to Brian? I was like, yeah, I'm actually in Saudi Daisy. Um, I'm leaving to go down to Atlanta today to stay at my buddy's house in Carrollton, and then I'm going to go on Friday. And he said, well, we might have something for you. So I went there. Um, they offered me to do my second master's and to be the GA for strength and conditioning and to be a part-time assistant for the women's team. I said no, because <laughs> I was like, I'm ready to go home. I'm leaving next week. It's my mom's birthday next week. Like, I've mentally got over the fact that I'm not here and to shift it all now. I, no, I'm just ready to go. And they said, okay, just think about it. So I did. I went home. I prayed about it. I thought about it. And um, and I changed my mind because I thought, you know what? I never know who I might meet. I never know what opportunities may come from this. Like, And I think I'm going to regret it if I don't. I don't want to go back to school, but I'll get another master's. You know, And I'm as surprised as you two are to hear that I've got two master's two, degrees. Two master's is a lot, Seriously, dude. I'm, as, I'm as surprised as you guys are with that. But um, So... I the the next day on the Tuesday I went in and I told them hey like I will I, I'm happy to do it I want to do it so um, we did and then cool story on the Friday I go and meet the team and I meet the current GA Ariel who is now my wife <laughs> so nice. talk about not talk about how things just work out perfectly if I'd have said no I never would have met my wife Ariel who I met that Friday. Dude, shout out Ariel. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, a, that's such a yeah. good story. So, so you, yeah. how did you transition then into full-time head coaching there? And how so, many... Yeah, just take us through that. Yeah, so um, I then was at Brian for that semester. I loved it. Um, obviously, with Ariel being there, I loved that as well. Um, so we got to know each other through that. Um, and I loved the team. But then um, Chris Walker called me. He's the head coach at North Alabama. Um, and he said that he wanted me to be to be there with him and to, to be his GA. And I was like, wow, that's division one. It's a great opportunity for me to experience that, to see if I'm good enough at that level, to see if I want to coach at that level. Mm. 
see if that if you know if that's what I want to do. And um, so it was a hard decision, but I I took the decision to leave and go and do it. And so I moved then to Alabama um, on January second, twenty twenty one. Me and Ariel started dating on December thirtieth. So we then did long distance for a year and a half. Um, went to UNA, had a good time, loved it, um, but just very different to what I was used to. What were you coaching there? Uh, women, women's soccer, GA. Yeah, I was a goalkeeper okay. coach okay. for them. So um, had that experience. It was good, but it was just different. Like it was like the, I felt like the the girls there were really good, but it was all like they just wanted to be better players and weren't really interested in building the relationship with with like the coaches or the GAs. Whereas other schools I've been at, it was all about that. And I was like, I thrive off the relationships with the with the players and pouring into them and encouraging them as a, as a person and then building them up as a player. That's my thrive. That's what I love to I do. Love so I missed that a little bit, um, but the experience was great. Um, and then um, I was going to be going back to Brian as the strength and conditioning coach, um, but then it opened up where the current head coach went to do the strength coach, went to be the strength coach. And then he said to them, um, give Tom the, basically give Tom the head coaching job. So I took the plunge and that was it. And then I moved back and then I got married and all that stuff. So, Dude. Yeah. so how long have you been the head coach at Brian now? To just come, I'm nearly at the end of my second year. That's exciting. Yeah. I want to circle back a little bit. So Go. you said, sorry. Yeah. I've rambled. No, 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 no. That's perfect. This, <laughs> no, is great. This, is, this is great. This is as good as I thought it was going to be. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. So, you said that uh, dealing with, like, you love building a player. You love mm -hmm. having that relationship and building them as a person first and then yes. a player second. Wh where does that come from? Is that, like, it's your, just your past relationships with people? It's or? just, I, I'm, I'm an encourager. Yeah. Like, I'm not perfect, by the way, and there's times where, so, this is where it's been a real, like, human development for me. Like, I've always been a people pleaser. I've always been so, like... I want to be liked by everybody. I don't want to not be liked. Like I've always had that. And being a head coach, you've got to brush that aside because you are like, you're, you're, they show you that they don't like you at times. And yeah. so you have to be able to deal with that. And I needed to deal with that. So the next step in my career was to become a head coach because one, I want, like I said, I want to pour into people, but I need to get over the fact that I'm not going to be liked sometimes. So, um, you know, but in terms of pouring into to the to the girls' lives at Brian, it's it, it really is helping them grow in their faith, helping them become stronger in who they are. Um, and I'm all about helping people find the things that they can't see that's great within them. I I I'm pretty good at that. I'm not gonna lie. That, like, dude. You know, that's a good one. Because right that's there. what it's all about. Because if you pour into them as a person first, you then unlock the player within. Yeah. But you can't get the player without unlocking the person first. So if they if they know that you care about them, you love them, you're going to push them, like, and you're not going to give them everything they want. You can't give them everything they want. But if you listen and make them know that they're being heard, um, you know, they will then th run through brick walls for you. Dude. But you've got to dive into the to the person first. So, makes makes excited to see makes you. Love you like to that. It. Dude, he makes like good, good positive message. Yeah. Makes it come here, come here, buddy. <laughs> good positive message. Okay, yeah. well, let's transition into. Okay, so um, obviously everybody knows that you're now the women's <coughs> head coach for CFC, um, but you were there doing something else beforehand. And by the way, uh, yeah. the Adidas, the Adidas uh, track warm up tracksuit. This, is, this yeah. is, is its first ex uh, yeah, appearance on the yeah. pod. So yeah. we love it. It's yeah. awesome. I love how you, the crest is the main thing that you concentrate on. It's my. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. I but um, so you were brought in as a goalkeeper coach first last season, and then yeah. now you're uh, now you're the bit of a bit of a. Uh, the thing you it, the goalkeeping coach and then everybody's like hey maybe this guy should be the head coach whether yeah, it's how, here or uh, or there how I did that like. how did that 
happen, and before you yeah. answer, I can't tell you how excited we all were when we saw both of those announcements. Yeah, a bit of a shock, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, the goalkeeping one, they, um, the club wanted me to do that sooner, but I was going through all my green card process at yeah. that point, yeah. and there were a few things that I couldn't do at that point. Um, yeah, so you can't work until you get that work authorization. Yeah, shout out to your wife again. <laughs> that and I, like, my driving license had expired, and I couldn't renew it until I got my green card in, so I was I couldn't drive for a year. <laughs> so that was brutal. So my first year of collegiate coaching, I didn't have a car. I couldn't get there. So my father-in-law, legend, he drove me every single day, and then... Um, um, throughout the day, if my wife couldn't come, I'd be playing like spin the bottle of who's going to get a text message or a call for me, you know, asking, can you drive me back home? Like every single day. Oh. So that was brutal. That added stress beyond I'm sure. measure. And you were not adding another thing where you couldn't drive, I'm no, sure. No, So then um, the, the club contacted me right at the beginning of the summer and was like, hey, can you do it? And I was like, hey, I'd love to, but I can't get down there. Like, I literally can't get down there. I'd love to, but I can't. I'm sorry. Um, and so... Then my, my green card came, so then I in, in June, and I was I called them. I was like, hey, I'm available if you want me. I can drive now. And they were like, great, let, let come on down. So I came <laughs> for the last part of the season, loved it. Um, By the way, the, the players gave good feedback, too. Yeah. Did we, they? We, yeah, we talked to, oh, we talked, we talked to uh, Caroline. I don't think she would care if I share this. And she was like, yeah, yeah. Tommy's awesome. This is, yeah, this is great. Caroline Johnson, great yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah, loved friend, working with friend her. Of, friend of the pod. She's been, I think, on twice. Anyway, she's yeah. she's. And one of my fa- one of my favorite humans because she kind of, I don't know if, uh, you're not at a ton of CFC men's games. There's no sh- no shade there, but she if you if you are and those who are would see her. She randomly just drives up from like the Augusta area. Just oh hey yeah. I'm coming up for the men's game yeah. this weekend. Like she's she's a legend. Yep, Mixie. Mixie. This is this is my favorite part of the pod right here. Yeah, he just <laughs> making an entrance. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So yeah, he yeah. might he might just lay up against you in a second. Yeah, that's all right. So you you got your green card, got your driver's license, yep. came down, you were goalkeeper Lord. coach, yeah. and then, um, so yeah, it was bizarre. I got a, a message from um, Alex Patzel, um, mm-hmm. just saying, "Hey, Rod Rod Underwood wants to call you. Do you mind if I pass on your your info?" And I was like. Rod, cool, like, sweet, yeah, I'll chat to him, I don't know what it's about, but heck yeah, so he called me, and um, this was in November, right before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and um, he he called me and said, hey, I want to meet with you and chat to you about, about, about the goalkeeping position for next year, and I was like, great, sounds good, so we went down, and, um, um, hello, Mixie, <laughs> um, Mixie, come on. And so I met, met him at, at Panera, had a chat, and um, he was like, so actually I'm not here to talk to you about the goalkeeping. I was like, oh, crikey. Oh, no, what do they do? Now? And he was like, we want you to be the, the head coach. And I was like, what? Me? And he was like, yes. And I was like, wow. And it was as simple as that, honestly. Like, we had a good chat, and he was like, hey, like we think you'd be a great fit. You know the fans. You know the club. Yeah. Um, that matters. You know, and it, yeah, it really does. Because yeah. um, I said in my interview when I spoke to the club, it was like, hey, there's plenty more experienced coaches out there than me. There's there's probably better coaches out there, not to knock myself down a yeah. peg or two, but I'm young. You know, I'm still growing, and there's, there's plenty others out there. But I know the club. I know what it means to be a part of this club. I know what it means to to you guys, the fans, which makes makes the club what it is. Because without you, we're not. What are we? You know what I mean. So, and I know what what it means to you guys to be a, to be a part of the club, and um, I have a lot of passion for it, and I love the city, and so I think with that. I want to connect more of the fans. Like at the men's game, they get you know quite a quite a lot of a big crowd, a couple of thousand here. That I want that exact same experience for the girls. Like so, that's a big thing that I'm working on right now. Is how can we increase the 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 um, 
the amount that we get in through those turnstiles every week and make it a really fun and engaging experience awesome. um, for the fans and the girls coming in because once players come into the club it's very difficult to <laughs> to leave and that's what we want so in terms of the you know, retention, you know that exact that yeah, exact process in, in terms of retention and getting the best players to us we want that you know the the, the fans to be there and to 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 go crazy for it so, so speaking of mm. of player retention i'm going to dive straight into several listener questions about this uh first one which is a very uh direct question from co-host matthew who's not here today legend uh, he, he's well he's something <laughs> uh, you definitely i'm just I'm messing with him uh how do we leverage the housing spots the club is providing and, and augment them with local players um and then he says including local players in sec type of schools etc to put a product that can challenge for a wpsl title yeah, so the like the recruiting is going right now. I mean, I got hired on December first officially, and it's been nonstop for the last like two months. It's awesome. Um, we've not had many say say no. We've had one or two. Had one this morning actually that we had in, and then this morning she's uh, decided to go do a more full time job. So it's like it it's it's constant trying to to reach out um, and get the best players in. So then in terms of housing, it's about me and Juan getting together and just kind of like going through which ones we feel are going to compete the most and going to sort of be engaged more and be a part of the team more and who's going to get the most minutes to put them in the the housing but it's very open we have a lot of housing spots which is which is good and it makes it more attractable and more um more open for the girls to want to come if they know they're being taken care of Do you know what my favorite part of that statement was you oh. and juan yeah it's just Two absolute legends, yeah, putting in that sweat equity back yeah. into the club, and yeah. that's just freaking. That's, that's I so love cool. the fact that I'm working with one. I bet. In this. I'm very grateful and very lucky. Um, he's been great. Like, um, obviously, he's been involved with the club for you know similar periods to me, longer, more recently. So him just putting me up to tabs with what's been going on, where we're at, how things are done. Um, he's been a great support, and he's he's you know me and him work as a team. It's not me head coach and you're like no we are very level i'm not one of those people as well just because i have a label that says head coach it doesn't mean anyone as an assistant it doesn't demean that like no he knows what he's doing he's very experienced a wonderful player great person knows the club knows the fans so like i'm very grateful to have him and and have a lot of respect for okay him. so my yeah. my listener uh question was going to be sort of like related to all this. So I figured I'll just go ahead and drop it. So you mentioned you and Juan, mm -hmm. uh, Felipe <coughs> married Michelle lived here for a while. Um, Zeka. Zeka. Um, there's a list of legends, uh, in, in our eyes that have come here played and, and we're talking like pre Nisa, right? Like Juan was here, but his, 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 it was a more like kind of, there was more longevity to that. Yeah. What is it about here that makes you guys go, oh, yeah, I played here, and now I'm done, and shit, I guess I'm going to stick around the area. I mean, it, you know, a little bit of work for you, but um, what, what is it about the city that is attractive that makes players want to stay past the playing career? So it's really – I think what's so great about Chattanooga is, one, the community. Two, there's loads of things to do. Um especially in downtown, but then all the surrounding areas as well. Everything's so connected and it's just a great place. It's a great place to be and everybody knows each other. And I like that. I like that. I like how everybody is integrated and um, there's just good people in this city. And it's one of those where it's very difficult. I mean, I've, I've lived in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Florida. Like I've, I've lived sort of all over, been yeah. very lucky to have traveled and been a part of, of, of a lot of different States, but 
there is just I, I can't put a pinpoint on exactly what it is, but it's just it, I, I don't I, I can't on I, I wish I could give an exact answer, but I guess it would be just a kind of a whole cluster of, of things that make you want to come back and stay. Yeah, no doubt. So I, think I just love it. I think that's really there's a profound uh thing in that answer, which is I can't yeah. put my finger on it. No, but I've been to all these places and this is it. Yeah. 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 This is it. And I don't have any desire to go anywhere. <laughs> I don't. That's awesome, man. No, That's I so love cool. it. Love it here. I, I love it. So I have a question, another listener question. This is for, uh, there's two anonymous listener questions, and they're pretty similar. And the theme of which, <clears throat> excuse me, is how hard is it to convince, and then how do you convince the highest level players from major schools to play in our league at Chattanooga Football Club for the summer? I'm sure there's obviously some college coaches that prohibit it um, because they may have their preferred areas they go, even though they're, I'm sure they're not supposed to technically and whatever else. But how do you and Juan and, and Chattanooga FC as a whole, how do you get over that, whatever the hump is that keeps us? Because, I mean, I think if I'm going to expound upon that now outside of what they're asking, the last few years, uh, the last two years, Randy had um, – first year was very much – he brought in who was still available, right? Like yeah. he got done late in the process. But last year, you didn't see a lot of D1. And except for one year where Coach Aaron Ridley brought in a ton of D1 players, you didn't see a lot of like, I mean, just quite frankly, D1, like really, really talented, sought after players. We had some good players. I'm not going to, mm. but as like a whole. And how how do you go about that? How do you think about that? How, I mean, maybe, maybe you think that question is not even fair, but like, yeah, how do you think about that when you're competing with, everyone whether it's here in town or they could go play in the ecnl depending on the age or they can go play attached to an nwsl team like mm. i don't know how do you think about that so for me um it's a it's an easy sell like you know it's it's talking about you guys it's talking about the fans it's talking about the stadium the community the culture of the club the foundations it's set the legacy that we want to set giving them a clear and concise picture of this is where we are, this is where we're going, this is how we're going to get there, and this is the contribution that I believe you're going to have. And so um, in terms of getting the best players, it's one about networking, who you know, um, reaching out, watching video, and then giving them the time that they need to really draw them in. Um, again, it goes back to the point I made earlier. Even in these phone calls, like I've got a phone call with a, a player from New Zealand later on today about coming to join us, who's a centre forward, who... We, we, I believe we're going to get. And so it's just, you know, simply about saying, hey, if you want to be a part of something great and want to be able to have, you know, be a part of a club that, that loves you and will respect you and will make you feel like like you're one of our own, like this is the place to, to do it. So our team this year, I feel, is going to be a lot stronger. We've got a lot more depth. They're going to have players that... There's not going to be a big drop off between starters and players on the bench. Like it's going to be very, very competitive. Awesome. Um, so you know, I'm hoping to to cause a storm in the league this year and and build on the improvements that have been made already, and then just keep on going forward. So um, it's an enticing project, and I'm very honestly, I'm so grateful and honoured <laughs> to be to be leading it, and I I want to 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 get it to where it deserves to be i can't think of anybody better so you you also did i want to ask some qu a question too we saw you you and i reconnected briefly when you were coaching mm -hmm. in knoxville what were you doing with that so it's not if anybody's wondering it's not tom's first experience in the wpsl right um can you tell us a little bit about your experience there i, cause I yeah. actually genuinely have no idea cool story other than you were there cool story so um 865 knoxville 865 yes. they were previously known as tennessee force yeah mm -hmm. force. my father-in-law started that no club. way really? yeah so he started that. He built it from nothing. Um, those first two years, that was all him. So full credit to my father-in-law, Tommy Hunsford, legend. Um, so he he um, 
he started it and was like, hey, I want you to like come on and do the goalkeepers. We've got Laban de Vries, who's now doing the men at A65 Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my first experience of it, really. So it was um, it was really, really good. And my sister-in-law plays on A65. She scored against us last year, and she's playing for them again this year. I remember. So I'm Unfortunately, hoping, I remember. Yeah, I know. So I'm, I'm hoping that she, um, in, in the most loving way, Alison, hope you have a stinker against <laughs> us. Um, yes. But she, she's outstanding. Like She plays at Liberty and she's 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 good oh, so awesome. um but i've got i've got my ideas of how to keep her quiet in the game there you go. so we'll be all right um but i do want the bragging rights at the dinner table later on that evening uh, as yes. she does too so that'll be fun um we're gonna have loads of family come down for that game as well because it's um it'll be a, it'll be a good one um so but yeah no um like I said, my father-in-law started um, Tennessee Force, and then um, they they kind of like bought it from him afterwards, and then changed the name to A65. So that's it. Pretty cool. Yeah, and it's so. and for anyone who I don't know how you feel about A65, but when we went up there as an away game, they had a good setup. They treated yes. fans well. It was it seemed professionally done, and they seemed to want to do it well. And yeah. as someone who traveled a lot in the NPSL, you know well, and I guess in the WPSL now as well. There's a lot of teams that don't want to do it well. Right. That's they right. just want to roll a ball out there and play. Yeah. And yep. it was much more than that. Um, so I was impressed. We'll see. I hope they continue because yep. I, I liked, I, I really enjoyed uh, going up there for that away game. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. If you, <clears throat> excuse me. You good? No. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my voice. Uh, <clears throat> Dying Louise. quietly. Would you like me to take this one? Yes, go to the miscellaneous questions and you just uh, oh, go w- through some of those or whatever you want to take. Uh, I was gonna, I, there was a, uh, well, never mind. Just yeah, we can move on. I was gonna cycle back to some miscellaneous questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, definitely good with that. Yeah. yeah, this is and this is one of mine too. Go. Um, this is one of my favorites to ask, <clears throat> uh, especially for from a goalkeeping perspective because a uh, goalkeeper's mentality is different than a player on the field. Um, what percentage to you of the game is mental, and what percentage of the game is physical? <laughs> and you can you can take that from a player as a goalkeeper, or you can take that as a as a coach. You know, all of uh, you know. Everything, the the coach that you've kind of like blossomed into, which has like a ton of skills underneath it, right? I think all of that composed is going to give us a, a different answer than we, if we're asking just like a, mm-hmm. a player directly. You know? I would go as far to say 90% mental, 5% physical, and then 5% decision making. Like it's all here. It's all here. If you're not right here, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The rest, like you have to have four. And that's why I didn't go further. Like in my career, that's why I got released from Manchester City is because I wasn't good here. Wasn't confident, didn't believe myself, lacked all sort of self-belief. And it shows. Like, and with that, if you lack self-belief, it doesn't help you to be consistent. And without consistency, you have no longevity. So you're not able to build trust. So the big thing, it's that mindset. It's about, you know, and what I've learned through playing and through coaching is the way to become consistent is to do the simple things right over and over again. A lot of players have asked me, you know, as a goalkeeper, how do you get over mistakes? And and the answer is one, don't chase the game. Like, and what I mean by that is after a goalkeeper makes a mistake, they want to do something big and dramatic to make it you look better than what it is to kind of help them feel better. Whereas that's not the right thing to do. Like writing don't go, this down for myself. <laughs> like don't go for the crosses that you're not supposed to. Don't try and parry a ball when you know you can save it. Don't try and parry it when you know, don't try and hold it when you know you can parry it type thing. So it's letting the game come to you and allowing yourself to kind of sit in it and then just keep on moving. But the mindset of it is, is key. It's about, um, you know, believing in yourself. It's about not kind of, sitting on a mistake for too long it's just like in life you know if you sit on a mistake for too long or something that you've not done right you're going to be paralyzed 
And that's a lot of the time what happened with me as a player is after a mistake, I would be completely paralyzed and be fearful and doesn't doesn't work. Now it is easier said than done. It doesn't doesn't just happen overnight. You know, there's a lot of techniques that I was taught. I had a sports psychologist at Man City to help me. And there was one really cool thing that we did and it took me over a year to figure it out and learn it. But it was um it was a thing called switch channels. So he basically sat me down and was like, hey, so what when you watch TV Right, what's your favorite channel? And I'd be like, oh, Sky Sports. And he goes, all right, you've got to start picturing all of your best saves, your best moments, all those things. That's on Sky Sports, right? That's your best channel. And what's your least favorite channel, for example? I don't know, geography channel. That's where all your negative stuff are, right? So in order for you to switch channels, you have to create a trigger and create and think of something happy. Think of something that kind of takes you to that happy place. Happy Gilmore, great movie. Um, So for example, my snap would be in the games, if I made a mistake, I'd literally stand there, open my kind of my shorts up like that and snap out, let the negativity go and lock it out. And that would be my trigger. Then I would think of something happy, think of a great save, and that would help me switch from National Geographic over to Sky Sports, where all my positive stuff would would be. So that's that that switch, that trigger, and then a good memory helped me switch from the negative channel to the good channel. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Wow, no, that's thing. beautiful. But that's what Man City kind of, they, those are the type of things that they did for us way back then. Um, and that definitely definitely helps. So it is, it's all it's all here. It's not all completely. Like I said, there's other things. You do need the physicality. You do need the decision making. Um, but if you don't have that fundamental mindset of I'm the best and I'm going to kick butt, you know, you're not going to go anywhere. Like Greg had a different mindset to me. He just gave complete and utter confidence all day long strutted about like just had it and he wasn't the biggest right he wasn't the biggest i was bigger we were both very different goalkeepers but very different. greg just had something different that i just didn't have and i knew that <laughs> and so that's why i would never complain i just knew where i was in the pecking order and i accepted it and my job was right i'm gonna get him ready so i've got to be mentally prepared to make sure that he's mentally ready for the sake of the team and I knew my role. And I love Dude, we, we, we can move on to an, another miscellaneous. Because I can spend 15 minutes on this. This is good. They're going to become more rapid fire and stuff. But yep. uh, one thing I will say is you knew your place in the pegging order, right? Yep. I don't think I've ever thought of a player who was secondary in their position and was at that much of a legend to a club before. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of it. Oh, like, I've never... Like, there's backups, like, in, in the world. But, like, you, you, you hear you made a different impact because like here everything's so close knit you can become friends with the fans you can get inv- involved with the community and i think that was just such a unique opportunity for you to be in a certain spot when you were at the club and leave such an impression and now it's just full circle coming back like it's it's honestly so cool to see yeah and um but that was the thing about bill though he never he never um he was transparent. He told me exactly what my role was coming in. So there were no hidden hidden kind of things Surprises. in there. I knew, yeah. I knew coming in every year I'm going to be behind Greg. And my job is to be ready if something happens. And in that 2016 season, it sure happened. Because I got a run of games that I loved. And one of my favorite memories is, we can probably talk about it in a bit, but we'll get to it. Um, but that 2016, 2016 season in the purple kit, in the purple git, yeah. uh, kit, like I thrived in that season. I think you had a run of but, six straight games, which in the NPSL is like almost a season, if I'm remembering yeah, correctly. Yeah, right. It was loads. Yeah, because Greg got, got Hurt injured. Second game of the season, first yeah. game of the season, something but, like yeah. that. Yeah, six straight games in yeah. two weeks. So yeah. I have, I have a yeah. little basically. I have yeah. a little highlight package. We're going to go straight into this that will overlay. Yeah, in, in the video. Um, and I'm going to hit play, and we're going to watch it together, and we'll just we'll, we're going to we'll we're going to overlay it. this for you viewers. So don't worry about us watching this on the laptop. <laughs> it's about to pop up on the screen right now. 
And this is a shout out to, uh, I think maybe Burgundy might have made this. Reading United, yeah. This is the big one. This is the big game, not the save. This is a good save, obviously, but this is not the big save. Look at him. John yeah. Finlay. Also, boy. look at... Yeah, Finn Bay, man. Finn Bay, yeah. Yeah. Your your other... Uh, w- w- was DP on your team at Lee, too? Yep. Yeah, he's out Great. there, too. I, play, I played with Mario on Wednesday, his brother. I love Mario. He's such a good guy. Another good save there. All right, here we come. Now we're coming to the... Uh, this is what matters. And you can see you love some penalties here. You were pumped after, after that I was that terrible miss. at penalties growing up, but I, I've only saved one or two in my whole career, and that's why... So you're about to save one right here. This next part. Oh, oh right The there. emotion, like, it just... Like, yeah, and then... But, right, so, I mean... There's a sure, picture from that that's just insane. Can I, can I just say, though, like, sure, I, like, I got lucky with saving that penalty but can we just take note of how good our penalties were that we scored yeah every single player stuck up stuck up uh stood up there and smashed them and got them in and so without that we wouldn't have got it so big credit to the guys you went the right way here though this is the this is this should be the save right there i don't think that was that was the miss right there this you went the correct way right got everything done there is a freeze frame which we'll find and like you said we had uh wonderful wonderful penalty kicks takers Uh, matthew and i were talking about this the other day how much did you guys practice penalties not very often honestly like i I, when we were like i don't i didn't practice them that much um luke always did Um, luke always did but it wasn't like no it wasn't very often Really? And I think Sindra Wello actually did a little Penenka. He did do a Penenka. Didn't he? In one, one year, um, which was just pure, pure. Oh, that was against, that was against Miami. Guy, absolute Dude, balls Miami. to do that. That was a and that semi-final. Was a, yeah. That was a mad game as well, by the way. <laughs> yes, it was. Greg, like, Greg had the a mouth, yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah the guy with mouth. the long hair went to Greg, and I thought Greg was going to lose, his, lose his mind, but he didn't. He kept himself under composure. And then at the end, after that happened, yeah. the he made the save or whatever. He scored. He scored. Yeah, scored. He scored the game-winning goal, and <laughs> yeah. he ran away. And yeah. Miami was like, "Well, I Going guess crazy. it's time to fight." Yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna post. I there's so there's a two-minute video that we did, me and Galen and somebody else for. Um, I think it was kick. I apologize. I'll po- I'll post it in the show notes. I'll find it. Um, but we did a two-minute like my it was my favorite sports moment was that game, and it's. Uh, it's maybe not my we as we titled it like my favorite sports moment or whatever and it's greg getting his finger in the mouth and then still hitting the penalty <laughs> and like all the things yeah it's so so good so i'm yeah. gonna write that down right now and Sindra Wailo is a name yeah. i hadn't heard still playing time. by the way yeah. still playing either yeah. semi-professionally or professionally yeah. with um indoor yeah such good a plan. nice guy and you mentioned you mentioned that for some reason he was on it was like off season it's like me pete woolcock some other guys tim kelly was our goalkeeper we all played at hpc we and Reed was on. Our Wait, team. he played with you. Sindre played with you in the off season. So yes. So and this is like I don't. I didn't really know Sindre. I had sort of just started like working with the club, but we were getting. He didn't. He couldn't play for the first three games, and like we played like Julian, Mario, all them. We got wrecked, and then Sindre came in, and like it was like. I guess we're gonna win over games now. Good the guy just was incredible. Under, underrated. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right-footed center back playing left back. Yep. Brilliant. And and being great. Yep. And yep. being great. We were honestly we were very lucky. We had every year. I, I mean, from my experience, like we always had such a really good group of people 
like the team dynamic was was great just the little things like that we do as a team um even when we'd have lightning at training for example there was one memory that i remember we don't know whether you guys remember it but when the heading game into the bin was big we did that and it took us didn't take us that long but it was just little things like that that are just funny do you have that Um, video so i don't i have it i'll give it to you oh you do you have it oh do you oh great remember all those assets it's a secret but you remember all those assets i was telling you about yeah yeah yeah. i found found oh okay there we go yeah so (laughs) it's just it was little things like that and all the camaraderie with the lads was was great and i i i I loved playing for the club and like i said i knew what my role was every year my job was to get greg to be in the best mindset that he could be possible for game day, get myself ready, but again, making sure that he's ready because let's face it, he's the guy. Was that so, was that technically your favorite moment? Was that what you were going to say? Is we were talking kind of talking about our favorite moments yesterday? It was this one, yeah. It was the, it was the penalty save. Mm-hmm. It was also because what went with that too, and I'll, I'm sure you remember this. I don't know if you remember this. Like they presented you with a picture of the freeze frame of you saving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say at halftime, maybe. Anyway, like it was a. It was a bigger deal. Um, that moment was a really big deal. And I think mm. all of us knew because, you know, that it's very much a family. Mixie. Yeah. Mixie. Mix, <laughs> so you're, you're letting the people know what time of day it is. Yeah. This is so funny. <laughs> here, dude. Come here. Well, uh, if I could, um, I, ha- I have a favorite memory. Come here. Um, and uh, and, and I'm, we're not going to show a video of this right now. I actually think we should stitch it in at the end because I think it would be a really cool thing for a few clips. But 2016 was a year of growth for me. I realized I wanted to get into like video stuff and start making videos. I'd been working for OGA, I'd been working for the club, and Pete Woolcock and Reed Farnsley had made some funny videos with uh, Wooly and Farns, and it was just kind of these things. And then I was like, you know what? I think this could be a thing. So I like pitched them, um, and we came up with this idea. And we just needed players to like be on board with the idea of creating some really fun social media video challenges. And uh, on my very first two, which is like even even one that I filmed that like I didn't know what I was doing and I messed up the ISO on the camera, so the footage was unusable. You were also there for that one. Remember the soccer tennis thing? Yeah. Um, yep. So I did three videos. You were on all three of them. And the energy was there for everybody. But you were like, no, come on, lads. This is freaking social media video for YouTube. You get it. You were the first person who understood the crossbar challenge. You, like, really grasped the idea I was. And so your energy went from, like, yeah, cool, to, like, just, like, over the top, super hilarious. Um, and you took part in those challenges. and uh, Made uh, your life a little easier? Yeah, dude, it did. It, it made the videos. Like, you were, like, a big part of why the videos were. You remember, <laughs> do you remember the Top Golf soccer challenge? Yeah, I do. So, okay, yeah. so, like, those are all my yeah. ideas. And, like, you... Yeah. Your energy, you were the loudest person, you were being funny, and it was like, that made the video awesome, and it made, like, DP, Juan, Umberto, and Felipe, they all were, they all kind of, like, felt your energy, and it all kind of got brought up, so, thank you. Oh, I appreciate that, that's very kind. Yeah, that made, that made filming those videos probably, like, a hundred times better. Oh, well, good, I'm glad. So, at, stick around, because at the end, we'll throw in some of those videos. You're going to actually see the character that that Tom is. Beautiful. (laughs) All right, I got some rapid-fire food questions. We're just going to go right into, these are the most controversial things. So, first of all, right off the top, are you a good cook? Not bad. I'm getting better. Yeah. Go-to dish to impress someone. Uh, I'm trying lasagna right now. Okay. Go-to comfort dish to make you feel good. What's... Comfort do, dish you make for yourself? Uh, I just do like chicken and rice with a cream mushroom like sauce thing with that's vegetables. The, that's the that's the most football. My mom did, my mom so did that growing up, and I blooming loved it. So that's awesome. yeah, yeah. What is your most controversial food take? 
What's the what's the thing that whenever that you like that like you feel like everyone else is like ew, and you can't say beans at breakfast. Oh, that would be one beans on toast. Yeah, people are like, wait, what? What is that? But I don't, I don't like milk, so that's the other okay. way. Okay, that could be the other way. I don't have that's milk it. on anything except in my tea, and I have British cups of tea every day. I go through about eight or nine a so, day. So, you're a tea guy, not a coffee guy. No, I'm both. I'll have coffee in the morning. You're a caffeine guy. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'll go through three or four cups of tea before I go to bed every day with really? caffeine. I don't know. I don't know if it's in there or not. I'm not sure. I think there is a little bit, but I, I don't know. Don't keep me awake, though. What are you drinking? My dad always, uh, my dad's a tea guy. He, yeah. um, he's an Anglophile, man. Like I said yeah. about my grandparents or whatever, but a PG Tips was always yeah. at our house. So Yorkshire tea is, Yorkshire. is the one. And what's great now, I've got my father in law in on it as well. He can't stop having British tea now. So I've nailed it. Dude, this guy sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. do you drink your coffee? Um, how, how do you take your coffee, rather? With, with milk. Just milk, no, no, milk. no sugar? Nah. Nah, I don't know. I have enough chocolate on the side. I don't need any more sugar. <laughs> do you still yeah. do cardio? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I do a little bit. I, I go through phases where I do nothing and then I do a lot. So I'm kind of in the in-between right now. I'm getting back into it. So by May, I'll be looking a lot different than I am now. Treadmill? Nope. Road? Hate. Running? Yeah. Or something I else? I prefer road running than treadmill. Is that Better your- for the knees. Do you get on the elliptical or anything, or are you just to go out for a run? No, I, I do a lot of HIIT workouts. So I'll do T25, for example. Beautiful. So I don't have to go to the gym. I can do it in my gym at home and, yep. and not have to go anywhere, really. And it's 25 minutes. Brilliant. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I want to do I want to do something like that. I, uh, I'm mm-hmm. in the process of finishing a golf simulator in my yeah. garage. Nice. Because we've talked about golf. Well, so it sounds like that. you guys would be yeah. hanging out in his garage. Yeah, dude, because like conditioning in golf is something mm-hmm. that you don't think about, especially when you're killing Michelobes yeah. like I do. Yeah. And so you get tired. So I'm trying to figure out a, a T25 I can mix in with swinging a club and going back to I've it. done T25 for eight years, and it works every single time. Well, dang. It's yeah. fantastic. And 25 minutes in and out. Boom. Okay, so the, the, all of this wraps into like the most important question that we ask on this podcast. Absolutely. So when you're out, well, one of. One of, yeah. There's, one a, of there's a food take that love it. is important. Uh, when you're out there and you are getting your cardio in, whether mm-hmm. you're running or doing T25, mm-hmm. what do you listen to? Music, Coldplay. I love, Coldplay's my band. I go. love Coldplay. Most British thing you've ever said. It really is. <laughs> it really. I mean, have you seen their concerts though? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like yeah, America oh, yeah. likes Coldplay. Europe in general loves yeah. Coldplay. Lived in Italy for two years. Yeah. Just about every Italian I met. Yeah. I mean, just Europeans. And I'm not saying any shade here. Love yeah. Coldplay. No, I love it. I don't like rap. I don't like Drake or anything like that nonsense. I can't stand that. I'm not the typical like football person when it comes to music. I don't like the normal stuff. You're not a hype. Like. You're not a hype music kind of guy. You're no. A- I I'll listen to like emotion before I played. I used to listen to like emotional music to get me down, like the set and dude, that, that, like I, it's weird. Goalkeeping. I'm weird. Like, dude, goalkeepers are weird. So yeah, we're funny. strange. Yeah, that's that's really fun because yeah. uh, I played ice hockey growing yeah. up, and so it was like Slipknot and Limp yeah. Biscuit. Like we and we were listening, to it and there was this yeah. one guy named Dan. He was in the corner. Most he's fastest guy, most physical guy. Always wanted to yeah. fight. He always had everybody's back. He was in every yeah. altercation. And one day, he always had headphones on. Mm-hmm. And one day, I was like, dude, what are you listening to? Yeah. Dave Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> the slower Dave Matthews. Yeah. And he was like, I don't know why, but it just gets yeah. me in the zone. That's right. So, and um, yeah, I would a lot of instrumental stuff as well. Nice. Like, yeah. What I'm, about I'm soundtracks? Good. Are you a soundtrack guy? 
Uh, that's don't, a, don't mind. Yeah. Lot, all my friends yeah. that are really into instrumentals, they yeah. all listen to like movie soundtracks yeah. and stuff like that. So. Great showman. Great. I, I love that. Like from now on, that's an absolute banger of a song. Hell yeah. That'll get you hyped. That I would listen to that before before <laughs> I play. That would that'll get me hyped. Yeah. Oh, speaking so of example. Speaking of before you play, favorite pregame meal as a player or a coach, whichever one. Oh, we didn't mention uh since you do listen to something, you're not a psychopath. Yes, you yes, remember it, Caleb Cole? <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't listen to nothing. Yeah. yeah. So you knew Psycho. that. Yeah. yeah. So Caleb, yeah. we had Caleb. He said, and Cam he said it was weakness. If you have to listen to something, it's weakness. Yeah. So we had Caleb and Cam Fair on. Enough. And Cam basically yeah. said, "All right, yeah. If you don't listen to anything, then you're a psychopath." So yeah. that's our litmus test: yeah. whether to know if you're a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. It's like four people: co-host yeah. Matt, Sheldon, um, yeah. uh, Caleb Cole, and somebody else that don't listen to anything yeah. in the running. Yeah. yeah. Favorite favorite pregame meal. Uh, pregame. It would honestly back in the day. It would have been some sort of pasta. Chicken and pasta, yeah. Yeah, you gotta get, gotta get your carbs get in. Get the carbs in, yeah. Yep. Post-game meal. Preferably after a win. What's this? What's oh, the... I love a pizza, honestly. I'm all about, honestly. Keepers, we don't do much anyway, so. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, pizza's my go-to if if, I, if we've done well. If not, then salad. <laughs> <laughs> gotta Check improve. the box, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's so, so funny. Uh, yep. If you, I don't, I don't even know if you do drink, but if you do drink, are you a seltzer or a beer guy? Uh, beer. More beer, yeah. But I'm not an avid. I'm not an avid. Not an avid drinker. Either. Same. Fair. Same. It's not like if if someone said to me, "You got to give up beer or chocolate." I'm giving up beer easily. All day long. Chocolate is difficult for me. But yeah, I I, I can't remember the last time I had a beer. It's probably back in S- November. Speaking of that, uh, so. Breezy, I'm two weeks back on zero sugar. Let's go. I, I thought did, you were saying back on alcohol. <laughs> I did two weeks no sugar right before Christmas. So my wife was like, "Why are you doing it now?" I was like, "I don't know. It just happened." Yeah, what a so, what a time to choose. Yeah, I know it wasn't great, and then um, yeah, it, it failed rapidly I went, over Christmas. I, I went, uh, so. I went five months. Yeah, I yeah, bet life changing. Yeah, yeah, and and something that maybe listeners don't know about me is I have Tourette's, so you'll kind of see me twitching and moving all the time. I did not know that. Yeah, I, it's gotten a lot better. And yeah. when I cut sugar out, the, did it help? The reason I did it was because I went to a neurologist, a new neurologist, and he was like. How, What's your like? What do you eat? Blah blah blah. And I was like, man, Reese's is my go-to. And he was like, you're gonna have to quit that. Listen to that siren. Yeah, I was like, I was trying to figure out. I was like, that's 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 almost like a mic drop right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm literally like starting that exact same thing. Like, if I cut out sugar, like it will it will help. And when I have done it, like my sleep was better. I had more energy throughout the day. Yeah. Like I was able to drink more water. Like I actually ate less. So for those of you out there. Limit your sugar. <laughs> what the FDA doesn't tell you is that it's it's just as addicting as cigarettes, cocaine, or anything else yep. that is one of the most addictive yep. things in the world. So it's yep. it's scary. Speaking of addictive little, little things, uh, yeah. pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Favorite type of fries, and I'll give you a couple examples, and you can pick from these or, or give your own curly fries, waffle fries, crinkle cut, shoestring, other wedges potato well, first wedges. off breezy they're crisps yeah okay. come on get it right <laughs> yeah. no the chips they're chips, chips crisps. Right. crisps 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 are, are chips chips yeah crisps are chips and chips are um, fries ta- he's gonna have my back anyway so. steak fries the bigger yeah lo- steak, steak fries fry. i think all day yeah all day long but then chick-fil-a waffle fries come in a close second and then zaxby's third it's kind of strange that i know that no. off my heart but yeah no that's yeah. The, the this is the kind of answers we want yeah dude um, uh not that i'm gonna influence you to do bad things but if you like this Zaxby's fries. Yeah, there's this place here called Jack's. It's a fast food place. They got some seasoning that's like it's, oh, it's a little different, but they got the same cut. Yeah, and I, I've heard I, of Jack's. I'm I'm it's not Jack in the fan. Box, is it? No, no it's no, different. Okay, just Jack's. Yeah. All right, Jack's. Shout out. To How Jack's. do you feel about tots or uh, sweet potato fries? 
And if you have to rank the order, regular, tots. I'd have tots over tots sweet first. potato fries. Yeah. Does it go tot? Does it go regular fries, tots, sweet potato fries for you? Probably no sweet potatoes at the bottom. Sweet potatoes at the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not fun of those. I love tots. Jay, yeah. where do they rank for you? Those three. Oh, regular fries, uh, fries of any kind, like potato Be- fries, sweet potato fries, and tots. I yeah. mean, in fries reality, tots. I don't discriminate. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but I think it's uh, Chick-fil-A waffle fries, sweet potato fries, yeah. and tater tots. Okay. But I can crush tater tots, dude, especially if you give me some honey mustard. I think right now I'm a t- I'm tots are my top thing. Really? If they're seasoned, seasoned tots. C- uh, CBC, Chinese Brewing Company had seasoned um, tots recently. So and it was good. So, or last year, rather. Those so with a buffalo wrap, uh, buffalo chicken wrap, I went there for like, I honestly went there like three days in a row for lunch. Uh, there's nothing wrong no with that. that. No shame in that. No shame in that. Best thing to dip fries in? Ketchup. Yeah, I'm a ketchup guy. Everything. Yeah. I'll have it with vegetables. I'm that bonkers. You love I'll have ketchup. it with pizza as well. Oh, no. All day long. Yeah. Oh, no, Tom. You yeah. can't have... No, seriously, I do. My wife looks at me like I'm someone from... I don't know. She's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, yo, oh, it's Try like, it. Don't knock it till you try it, guys. Seriously. And not just the crust. You're putting it on the pizza. Yeah. Well, that the is thing is, is like... Bre- but that is your most controversial food take. That's oh, there you the go. One. Yeah, that's, that's the There one. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Breezy yeah. is not Italian, but he basically is Italian, yeah. so that hurts him to hear oh. that. I know it. It's like Italians when like we put ranch on pizza. It's the same thing. Sorry, it's not it's sorry. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I, well, the the only thing that would have been wor- uh, worse is if you had been timid about your food takes. Food takes are meant to be held s- strongly, even if they're wrong. There's a there's a video of Weston McKinney telling Chiellini that he puts uh, ranch on his pizza. Yes, and all the Italian players are like. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a ranch guy, but ketchup I'll put on honestly anything. That's awesome. Yeah. Fa- any favorite brand of ketchup? Are you picking your ketchup? Heinz. No, I did sugar. <laughs> yeah. My guy. Yeah. It costs more, but <laughs> health matters, guys. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, that's so funny. Best fast food burger. Oh, that's tough. This is an internet controversy that well, you know, it's kind of died a little. Fast bit. Fast food but. burger. Wendy's, dude. The, the baconator. Yes. That's a cool. bomb. That is. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm not a Burger King guy or a Sonic. I tried Sonic a few months ago. wasn't great. Um, Sonic's very hit or miss. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's it's where you're at. Yeah. Like, cause I'm from yeah. like a more wealthy county back like in Middle Tennessee, and all the Sonics are banger. But like, yeah. as soon as you go somewhere else, it's like no. it just I'm like can't do it. Yeah, I'd probably say Wendy's. Beautiful. Dude, uh, there was a I saw this thing on the internet the other day, and it was like, when was Wendy's yellow? Because you remember they used to have yellow stuff, and there was a comment, and it was like in their prime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. Go. yeah. Do you have a favorite fast food joint? Like, if you're, I'm going to Taco Bell. I'm going to you know favorite spot. Most regular, just because I live in Athens, is probably Zaxby's. But um, there's a little Mexican place called Pepe's, which is Mexican burritos, and they are huge. It's really good. I've been there. Yeah, have you? Yeah, yeah. on Congress Parkway. It's yep, brilliant. Shout out to Pepe's. Let's go. Get yep. a sponsorship from my boy Tommy. Yep. Now yep. you you, good. you told us about ketchup on pizza. Yes. This is another really important question on the podcast. What about pineapple on pizza? Does it belong? I don't think it does. Oh, dang it. Dang it. The one rare time <laughs> Matthew Matt is in his car celebrating or wherever I, he's at fist pumping the shit out of the air. Right yeah, now. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I, I, it, yeah, not for me. I'm but afraid. you also t- said that you put ketchup on. So can we really? Yeah, like, exactly. I know. <laughs> Bingo. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Favorite type of pizza. Just regular cheese, and then I've got more into pepperoni recently. My man. So yeah. Do you have? I, and I realize you don't live in Chattanooga, mm. um, but do you have a favorite Chattanooga pizza spot? I don't no. know if you've been to enough of them. No, we'll not been to enough of them. Southside, Southside Pizza. You should check it. Yeah, yeah check that's it out. number one. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's so far. What does your ideal hot dog look like? Type of bun, type of dog. 
These toppings. Uh, just literally regular with ketchup on it. <laughs> That's it. That was I should have predicted that. Bun, no. Oh, like, ketchup. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. Yeah. I, was, I thought he was about to say naked, like me and Matt. Yeah, yeah he eats this psychopath eats just a plain hot dog in a plain bun with no condiments of any kind. Dry, <laughs> dry. <laughs> just, Chewing. Just, yeah, oh. just drinking a liter of water, I guess, to try to get one hot dog down. <laughs> Crikey. Yeah. Oh. I'm doing him like Joey yeah. Chestnut, like dipping him in the water, oh. and crushing him. <laughs> uh, oh, what does your ideal burger look like? Um, the 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 bun, the meat, cheese, bacon, lettuce, tomato, bun, ketchup. What kind of cheese? Um, either cheddar or American. There I'm not go. about pop, pepper jack or any of that. I'm stuff. a I'm a Colby Jack person. No, Col- all that, yeah. To be fair, I'll take any cheese on pizza. There's yeah. no bad choice. But yeah. I I, I most people I do think have a strong preference for one or the other. Mm. If you get a steak, how do you ask for it cooked? Medium. There you go. The okay. only, the only acceptable answer. Yeah. No, medium rare, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Also I, fine. I, I, medium, I, I, medium is you can't. No, no, no. Medium, medium is the maximum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the if maximum. If you have it well right. done, a question. Anna, oh yeah. Well, a Anna lot. Lanter, if you'd like to know, gets hers well done. Interesting. And we found this out on the podcast, and we almost disowned her and kicked her off the podcast and the team as the three of us. Um, her sister, you and Matt. That's going to yeah. be an interesting conversation I have with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and I watch it be summer, and I've forgotten. But I'm. Fa- I, it was Anna that like that gets it. Uh, uh, we'll have to go back and, and check that, the tape yeah, on that. There's but, that good thing that's like, uh, how do you argue with a person who likes their steak well done? And it's like you can't. You can, they're, they're still, they're still chewing. chewing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's a yeah, good. One, that's yeah. good. Uh, favorite sides when ordering a steak? Just fries. Yeah. Nice. I'm always a potato of some kind. Mashed potatoes is my pick, but Dude. fries are great. And we talked about the last podcast, two podcasts ago, it was the most hungover I've ever been in my <laughs> life. But the night before, it's because I was at Main Street Meats, and did I talk about the potato salad instead of the mashed potatoes? You did potatoes? not. You just said twice during the podcast, he goes, why am I so tired? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm hungover. That, so hungover. It was yeah. one of my best friend's birthdays, and uh, uh, we went out and had a good time. But yeah, dude. Oh, if you watch the clip, I cut, I cut you saying you were hungover twice into the clip. Uh I did. I watched it. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> and it was true. Um, should This is a good one. Oh, wait. Hold on. No, wait. You ask this next one, and I'll move on. This one is controversial. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. I don't believe it is either. No. Because I, I never say, oh, I'm going to have a hot dog sandwich. Like, no. It's just a nope. hot dog. It's fair. Yeah. Oh, um, so butter. You use butter on things? Butter? Yeah, but, uh, butter. 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 I put hey, my man. butter on toast. Nice, nice. <laughs> Solid uh, And that's about it. I'll, but, I won't put it on pre- on on just a sandwich. But no. where do you keep it? Fridge. Okay. Do you yeah. don't you don't think it belongs on the counter? No. Okay. How I do you, how, how do you spread your butter, Tom? <laughs> Very with difficulty, with extreme <laughs> difficulty. No, it just the, these are the important the things. Oh, so that's true. It. So if you only do it on the toast, it's a good yeah. point. There you go. He, I did, yeah. say, he did say he only yeah. puts it on toast. Yeah, Smart. I don't. I, I have my sandwiches quite. Yeah, good. I typically, yeah. basically, the only time I no, ever you have ketchup on your sandwich though, right? Uh, I would. No, I'm just kidding. Kind of, well, I would. I did actually. This is weird. Younger, <laughs> I would used to dip just bread in ketchup. <laughs> so weird. Goalkeeper man. I love it so, so much. This is see, this is the stuff that people really want to know. Yeah, this it's is funny. what they're gonna think about. Yeah. 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 Um, Jay, I'll let you do the last two. I'll do just the next one. Okay. Uh when you're feeling like a cheat meal, like a greasy, nasty, like fast food something. Coach Randy, by the way, uh, he had one of my favorite answers. He's like, I go to Wendy's, I get I think he said like a baconator, fries, and a shake. Like he had like do you have a a go-to if you're maybe you're feeling sad, maybe you did something great, but like a greasy when you need something that's kind of gross. Not a healthy cheat meal, but like a it might doesn't have to be fast food. But. Honestly, no, it, I know it's kind of boring, but it, it just would be a pizza from Papa John's. 
an extra large one. What, I'll go all just out. For just yourself, extra large for yourself. For yourself. Yeah. You like the whole thing? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. And then, have does you ever had Fresca? Have you, have you ever had Fresca? Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's even I better. got my father-in-law in on that as well. Oh, really? I'm you transforming him into yes. British, yeah. Even though it's not British, but I'm like... Fresca's I'm lovely. Firm, yeah, Fresca's, Fresca's bomb. No, that's yeah. a great answer to that one. Yeah. I keep mentioning yeah. golf, but sometimes yeah. when we go, I'll drink vodka and a Fresca. Yeah. It's Ooh. a solid combo. Do you know the best time to have a Fresca? After you've mowed the lawn in the summer. Ooh, that Fresca <laughs> hits different. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, I, I could a- do a commercial <laughs> for that. Just... Oh, man. Like, yeah. Great. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay, so here's a couple of really good ones. Um, These questions are great, by the way. Yeah, nice. yeah. Well done. What's wh- What's the food you miss most from home? Um, it would either be the typical Sunday roast dinner. Mm. You know, your your roast beef, your Yorkshire puddings, your gravy, your yep. carrots, broccoli, um, potatoes, roast potatoes. Mm. Um, the plate looks disgusting, but God, yeah, does it but, taste fabulous. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Or um, an English breakfast. My parents do that every day at their bed and breakfast. So Explain for it's anyone great. who doesn't know, what's how's an English, bref- English breakfast come? Uh, bacon, sausage, tomatoes, mushrooms, beans, black pudding, if you're weird and like that. That's gross. Um, yeah, yeah, and then, I don't like and it. And then tea, tea, cup of tea on the side. I might be missing something there. You can have your eggs, scrambled, fried, boiled... Um. Yeah. Sunny side up. Whatever. Else. Very. Okay. I'm not very a hard person though. Yeah. Now I just yeah, I just great thought about heart. this because I asked you about food. Yeah. But we were just talking about candy. Mm. So what's your favorite candy? Because you can't always get it here. Sometimes there's things in the international aisle. But what's the, what's the candy you miss most from the UK? Um, just the basic dairy milk. It's just different over here. It's like not a, the same. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. way more sweet here. There's, right? there's, it's just not quite the the same. Yeah. Which is why you don't like milk essentially. I don't know why I don't like milk. Oh, so you're just like in the so in the tea is the only time you'd use it over there yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Oh. I won't, I'll have my cereal plain. That's also probably another weird like a bowl of frosties. I'll just have frosties on its own or honey nut Cheerios just on its own, and I'll use a spoon to eat it. Yeah, I that's up there. That's weird. Yeah, I've, but yeah. I've done that before, but yeah. I was like high out of my mind. <laughs> no, no, I, I I don't have cereal that often, but when I do, it's out the bowl spoon. Dude. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I, I can. I'm gonna make a real. I can make a a, a, a real hit piece out of this with Tom's yeah, great food takes. This yeah. is gonna be good. When you yeah. go to the grocery store, mm. uh, look at um, cocoa chimps. It's like mm. a play on cuckoo for cocoa puffs, mm. and it's, it has zero, good? it has zero sugar. Yeah, yeah. Really? It's. It, I can't tell the difference, and I'm like very much like I don't eat like a substituted thing. I yeah. just ditch it all. And yeah. my wife found this and I crush it. That was some almond milk and crush it. I'll Oops. give that a go. You know, have you ever had Cadbury mini eggs? Yes. yes. Those things have some sort of drug in them because those are addictive. And yeah. they're coming out now because it's Easter. <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> I think the sugar thing will not happen for um, a while. Ooh, you gotta we'll, pick the right yeah. months. Uh, okay, we still, I still have one more question, but yeah. God, this, is, this just popped in my mind. What about peeps? What? Do you like peeps? What's that? Oh, it's, it's disgusting. These, it's in my these opinion. adorable. Peeps? Yeah, they're mu- they're marshmallow, they're marshmallow sugar sugar coated marshmallow. Bunnies. They look a little like a rubber. Are they yellow? Yes. Yes. Gross. Yes. No, me, me and my wife went Walmart yesterday, and she looked. Then she went, "Those are disgusting." Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was well, like, "Yeah, I'd never eat them." She's normal. <laughs> she is. <laughs> okay, so um, if uh, let's see, 
uh, food from home that most people judge wrongly. We've kind of we've kind of like mentioned that with like beans on toast. Yeah, it would be that. Yeah, yeah, that has to be. It's it. great. Don't knock it till you try it. Yeah. yeah. Also, with, pe- people don't understand that British bake or the beans in in England are different, different than the beans here. here. Yeah, and we, they call them baked beans, but they're not the same. Yes. Yeah. So fun. I do TikTok. Well, not I'm crazy, but I I do a TikTok account that compares British and UK stuff, and a lot of it is about like food and stuff, and what? the amount of comments that. I get, yeah, and the people that get on there. Wait, so you have a TikTok? You make TikToks? Yeah. Well, we're going to... It's not on purpose. It it, it, it was an accident how it all started. Because I did like one video and it went crazy. I I got to keep doing this. How could people find you on TikTok? Just Tom Holsell. Okay. I think. One. I don't know. I can't remember. I'll find you. I'll find you and link you. I'm lovely that I'm going to be on TikTok for trying to find you, but I'll find you and link you in the show notes. I'm there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last two questions, um, two listener questions. Uh, we've we've talked a little bit about this, but I want to ask you specifically. So Jeremy mm-hmm. Barfield asks, how can you leverage your college coaching experience to coaching at this level of club ball? Meaning how how do you can, see them connecting? Um, I, I mean, I, I just read his word for word, but how how do you feel like you can leverage your college coaching as mm-hmm. a head coach now into coaching this level of? I guess it's like what what like, never mind, what the difference is going to be? Do you think and how or like yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah or what it, what more are the common similarities between the two? Do like what what are the things that you can use that come from a college perspective to a professional? Again, it's the rela- it's, yeah. it's the it's the relationship side of it is is key. Um, so my very first thing on the on the priority list is getting to know each per, each girl on the team getting to know their background getting to know about their families when their parents birthdays like important things that are going on like really dive into that so that you can build that that relationship with them um i'm really excited to be at chattanooga just because i think it's going to be a wider variety of of, of like level of, of players compared to uh, brian um so it'll be good to work with with a different type of group of players with different sort of levels of ability, if you will, um, and, ch- and challenging myself that way. Like um, my sessions can can be a little bit more like advanced, and you can press on a few more different things. So um, I think those are the types of things that'll that'll help leverage that. So I don't know if this good. is a complimentary question, or if he's uh, being funny, or I don't know, but I like it. Uh, any chance we? Well, I say I like it because I think it's interesting. I don't know if it's good. Uh, any chance we will see a style similar to Burnley under Sean Dyche <laughs> from uh, Tom Gonzalez? Uh, no, I am a possession-minded uh, coach uh, with a purpose. Like we don't just keep the ball just to keep the ball. Like it's going to be fast-paced. It's going to be um, intense. We're going to press high. We're going to build through the channels. Build through the through the through the to break the lines down um we're going to be relentless we're going to make other teams know that they're going to be in for a battle um the big thing for me is making sure that other teams don't get a sniff in the game if that makes sense so because you know if you allow teams to grab a sniff it, it gives them momentum it then allows them to take over the game we don't want that so basically finishing off our opportunities when we get them um being narrow and compact on the defense and then being able to to transition very very quick get crosses in get players in the box score goals the big thing is to score goals and keep it out obviously um but we want to do it in an attractive and exciting way that makes more people want to come through the turnstiles so i'm going to be very energetic i'm going to be very loud on the sidelines i'm not one that just sits on a bench and just lets them do it like training is for the coaches playing games are for the for the players but i want to helping them and obviously coaching them through it if they need it that sounds oddly familiar so rod underwood had a quote that said we never want to give them hope really that is a quote from his first podcast with us he said you have to 
the first big opportunity, you have to convert it. We yeah. want to be a team that never gives the opponent hope. Yeah. And then you want them to stretch. Then he's obviously added to that. But the, that was yeah. something that always stuck with me. Interesting. We never want them to have hope. I oh. clipped it. I'll send it to you. I oh. clipped it. And put it on I guess we have more, common, more in common than we, uh, than we know. But yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, it's about finishing off the chances that you should and eliminating every single opportunity that they get. Um, and again, doing it in a way that's fun, that's respectable, that's professional. Um, and where they're having fun too. Like, they got to have fun out there. Um, so, no, we're, we're, we're going to give it a good go. We're going to knock Nashville off their little perch. Let's go. Um, and we're going to make a statement. And we're all here to make a statement. And I'm very... I'm very excited. I can't believe that I'm that I'm going to be the one leading it, and I'm really, really honoured and privileged to be able to give back to the club in a different way uh, because the club has been very kind and very um, gracious to to me. Yeah, so man. it's an honour, dude. As a fan, I can't think of anything cooler, honestly. Like it's just such a, it's just it's just so cool. I don't really have any other words to 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 have watched you become friends with you, done mm-hmm. things and then see you come back tenfold and you obviously left and did women's soccer in at the collegiate level and now to mm-hmm. have to, you to be able to come back and pour your passion into the club that to, with those pictures and that video that people are going to see that they saw earlier that Breezy's going to put on there, they're going to see that passion when you were a player. And I can only expect yeah. that out of you as a head coach. Yep. And again, like the big thing, what the message is going to be with the girls right away is how can we connect? Like connecting is the big thing. Getting out into the community, pouring into it. Because again, without the fans, without you guys coming and supporting us, what do we have? Like, and so it's about giving back, showing them that we love, love everybody, that we care about them, that we want them to come and support us. And so it's, it's literally about doing that in, in more ways than one and not just on the field, but off it as well. And that's the legacy that I want to set. Like I want to win, like (laughs) I want to win more than anything, but, um, just like Jurgen Klopp said, I think it's not necessarily about how people feel when you enter. It's more about how people feel when you leave. So me, if we're talking about, but I mean, what I want to do, it, it's it's really bringing more people together. Um, and I want the same level of passion for the men's as it is to the to the women's. I don't want to help grow the women's program up to, to that level too. So um, like awesome. I said, I'm very, I'm very honored. I'm very lucky, very humbled to, to be here. Um, really excited to give back. Really excited to give back. Well, I can't think of a better way to, to put a bow on this episode, Jay. I can't either, man, uh, except for the fact that as we leave this episode, people are about to watch you be super goofy. Really? Yeah. Because yeah, we're going to play these clips at the end. Oh, of great. The yeah. Enjoy <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. That just shows Tommy's a well-rounded person. Oh, but totally. Listeners, thank you for listening. Watchers, thank you for watching. We are on YouTube. You can like and subscribe. Damn, I didn't say that once. I That's because I've been having you such a good time. Beginning. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Dude, I just, I, yeah. I think normally I'm locked in, but this time I, you're just so cool and such a good yeah. friend. I just think I've just been like, well, we're just, we're and, just talking. Uh, thanks for the tag as well, by yeah, the way. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. What I'm a moment. So <laughs> I got to do that. What I'm a moment. on the fridge when I get home. It's so <laughs> awesome. So throw, awesome. But throw a like on there for us. And if you got, as, as we've said before, if you got something you want us to clip, uh, throw that in the comments and we'll do it. Catch up with you guys later and check out these uh, fun highlights from Tom. Hey. Peace. Panama, goalkeeper. Favorite player, Tommy Salta. Tom Holsell from Southport, England. 
I'm a goalkeeper. My favourite player of all time is Humberto Pelé. Best. First up for the goal team is Tommy Salsa. He's so spicy. We'll see about that. Kick it in the free world. Oh gosh. I almost hit all the